Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One general idea that runs throughout Aristotle's ethics that he brings up at, at numerous points in the Nicomachean ethics and really throughout his entire corpus whenever he's dealing with human beings is that of self-control. And this is something, like I put here, that is a good quality. It's, it's on the side of goodness rather than on the side of badness. He actually says that, you know, if you divide human beings down the line, you're going to find the self-controlled and the virtuous, and then those of superhuman virtue on one side, the, those who are lacking self-control, those who are vicious, those who are brutal or bestial on the other side. And then, you know, quite a few people, like, on the borderline between them. It's not as good as virtue. Because it's not as complete. Virtue, remember, is what Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics is really aiming after, taking as its criteria. But he also thinks that there's a lot of people in the world who are good in the sense that they're self-controlled, even if they don't already have virtue. Those people might be, in fact, on the way to virtue if they continue to exercise self-control, but they're not yet there. And we'll take a look at why that is in just a moment. So what is the self-restrained or self-controlled person, the person who keeps it together, the person who follows through, the person who can make commitments and see them through? So he, Aristotle says that the self-restrained or the self-controlled person has right principle. They have the arche, they have the starting point. And what that means specifically is that they are not only reasoning the right way, they actually have the right ends, the right things that they're prioritizing. This might be quite complex in some situations, you know. Aristotle tends to look at simple examples, but a lot of the time, the things that we're faced with, we have to juggle multiple priorities and decide which of the different goods that are not all compatible we're going to select. The, so the person who is self-restrained picks the right thing. So for example, fairly easy choice, do they, after making a promise to somebody, actually fulfill that promise, even though it would be very convenient to not follow through on the promise, perhaps even pleasurable, perhaps by doing so they're, they're managing to avoid spending money, you know, all sorts of things that we could talk about, right? That's a very typical example of somebody who is exercising self-control. And if they do that typically, if that's their habitual state, they are a person who is self-controlled or self-restrained. So they have the right principle, but they also feel a desire. And the desire that they feel, this is where they differ from the virtuous, the desire that they feel is not aligned perfectly, not harmonizing with the right principle. So they know what the right thing to do is, and they don't really want to do it, but they also do want to do it because they make a choice. Like I put here, they choose to follow right principle. They could go either way. He's saying that there is human freedom, and part of that human freedom is the freedom to say, yeah, I'm not going to do what I know is right or what I feel is right. I'm actually just going to pursue what's easy or what feels good or what would be convenient. We could come up with all sorts of examples along those, those lines, right? What would give me the goods that I want right now? The person who has self-control makes a choice to follow principle. 
And here's what differentiates them from a person who lacks self-control. The person who lacks self-control may also make a choice. They may have a prohyresis. The person who lacks self-control may in fact make a choice, but then they don't make the additional choice to actually follow through on their initial choice. So their initial choice isn't really an effective choice, right? It doesn't get them there to where they need to be. And you know, when we think about this in very concrete terms, there may be a lot of steps involved in a process, and in order to exercise self-control, you may need to make a choice at each point, or you may simply need to make a choice once, and then just you follow through on it. You may need to remind yourself of it. There may be critical juncture points where you say, yeah, I know I did uh, decide to make this investment in going this way, but now the temptation is getting even stronger. So there's a lot of different possibilities here. And you know, making that choice might be a matter of having other people there to support you and say, encourage you, ah, you did the right thing, now stick with it, buddy. Or you know, reminding yourself with having what, what philosophers call dogmata, little sayings that you, you, you repeat to yourself. All of these things are, are possibilities for cultivating self-control. But at a certain point, somebody actually has to choose to follow through and follow their principle, follow what reason is telling them against what their desires or passions are telling them. Now, he talks about the self-restrained person sticking with it. This is the way I'm translating many, literally to remain in place, right? The self-restrained or self-controlled person sticks with what their intention was more than the majority of humankind. So this could in fact be in some degrees culturally relative. We know much more about the extent of humankind and the variety of human comportments and behaviors. Aristotle's thinking primarily of the Greeks of his own time who were not particularly more self-restrained, I think, than the rest of us. As a matter of fact, the Romans tended to think pretty lowly of them in comparison to Roman self-restraint, but some of these things vary according to time. So this person is not yet at virtue, which is actually the best state that you can be at besides superhuman virtue, which is probably not attainable for most of us, but it's, it's a good state because they're further along the line towards virtue. They stick with it more than most other people do. There may be some things that they don't stick with. That doesn't mean that they're not self-restrained. One of the issues that Aristotle raises, which is a very important issue, is what if the person is mistaken about what the true principle and the right choice are? What if the person sticks with something that doesn't turn out to be the right thing? There's many cases in moral life where we're mistaken about the real priorities of goods and how they should be weighed against each other. We get factual issues wrong and then have to revise later on. You know, here would be a primary example. In the past, you know, relations between men and women, and particularly fathers and daughters, in many culture were quite lopsided. And many people, including Aristotle to a certain extent, would take that as being just the norm and they would draw, you know, what right principle was from certain assumptions that we no longer share. And I think for a good reason. So, you know, for example, a a female child might be treated in very, very different ways than a male child, which might not give her the chance to develop in certain, you know, qualities or certain 
aptitudes that the male child would, like for example going to school. Instead there would be steering them towards something else, like getting ready for marriage. And the idea was, well this is what is really good for them, and this is what is really good for the others, the boys. So, you know, since that's what we ought to do, I'm going to stick with that when my daughter says I want to go to school like little Billy is and not just get ready for marriage. If I'm, you know, one of these very, very traditional fathers, very traditional in, in our time now, I might be sticking to something that now we know we, we know better about. And somebody's probably going to get upset and, you know, make a comment about that. Let's just assume that that's what right principle is in this case or right choice and that the person is mistaken about it. So Aristotle says in cases like that, the person is in fact being self-controlled, but in an accidental way. He says that the answer is accidentally it may be any principle or choice. Essentially, it's the true principle and the right choice that we want, that the person stands by and the other one does not. In the sense that if a man chooses or pursues something as a means to something else, that something else is essentially, and the other thing is only accidentally, his object and his choice. And by essentially, he says we mean absolutely. So he says, hence in a sense, it is any sort of opinion speaking absolutely, it is the true opinion that one stands by and the other abandons. Even though we might be mistaken about what it is that we're, we're sticking with, it's better if we're sticking with what is, in fact, true principle or right decision. But there is something still praiseworthy about sticking with something that turns out to be wrong. Not so much if one actually finds out that it is wrong, however. So just dig one's heels in is not that. So this is a very important moral state. This is probably what many people who we think of as good people actually fit the bill for when we apply Aristotle's ethics. Many people are not yet virtuous or perhaps never will be virtuous but they can at the same time still be self-restrained or self-controlled. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.